Hello and welcome to Tribe Radio. How you doing, Rock? I'm doing good. How about you? Um, better know you're here. <laughs> <laughs> you're in a good mood. What's up with you? What's wrong uh, with you? it's 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 a good day, man. You know, we're uh we're talking about one of my favorite subjects here today. Um actually one of the one of the most important things. Actually probably probably the thing that the, the initiative was founded on, I gotta say. The initiative collective uh was pretty much founded on de-escalation conflict resolution because uh, when it comes to a mad world, you got to fight fire with water, not fire, you know? You know, I like that. I, I think we're going to have to steal that as our tagline. I'm going to take all the credit for it because that's what I do. Yeah. Sure, that's yeah. fine. I know. I, I'm no, but, used to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Um, I, I'm, I'm really tired of, especially now, especially now, of hearing people say, you know, they get tough, we get tougher. Yeah, where does it end? So yeah. for me, it's more about where can we bring this back down? Where can we where can we meet halfway? Because yeah. we're all meeting if, halfway, you know. If you really, I mean, if you want to use the, uh, if you want to go back to superheroes once again, which a lot of people, you know, that know who we are and know where we started, you know, they know that we were in the, that film, Superheroes. Um, Batman, the first movie was all about Genesis, but The Dark Knight was all about escalation. That was all about... Uh, the Joker was escalation. So, Batman's based on force. Joker was escalation. So, if you bring it back to that, any any force, anything based on force, a persona based on force, is only going to invite escalation. And um, with that, I'm going to uh, introduce Mike and Melissa. Hello. Hey. Uh, um, hey, Mike Rob. and Melissa. Oh, yeah. I knew you were going to come to me with that. Mike and Melissa, in case you guys haven't read what we've been posting about them on um, on Facebook, uh, I'm I'm really excited to have them here. I got to take some de-escalation classes from them uh, when we were doing some Occupy uh, Oakland security. And uh, Mike is the founder of the Suigetsukan Dojo in Oakland. And um, Melissa also teaches at the Holdout um Chinese martial arts over there, uh, and they are both involved in Girl Army. And rather than try to give you everything about them, I'm, I'm going to turn it over to you guys because we're really happy to have you here. So. Thank, Thank you. you. Good to be here, you know. Thank you so much for having us. Can I jump in first? Sure. You want right, to go are, first? You, um, are, you, are you guys, real quick before we get into the, the meat sure. of the show, obviously, um, are you guys familiar with our audio trivia game? No. No. Well, let me tell you about it. It's, right. it's, it's pretty slick. I just, I, yeah, I just realized that uh, we forgot about the part, so I'm trying, kind of trying to save the show here. Um, That's because we're so excited yeah, yeah. about the do. subject. Yeah. Yeah. The audio trivia show is called. <laughs> Dear God, what is that thing? All right, and it's um, we play uh, a horrible noise from an actor from a movie. You have to call in, not now, not in the middle of the show, but at the end of the show. You call in, you guess the actor, you guess the movie, you win a prize. Fabulous prizes are, well, it used to be just you could write any line of text for me to read on the air. Now, you can write any line of text for me, your choice of me or Rock, to read on the air. And please, please choose Rock, because she hasn't had to do it yet. And I want you to write something horrible for her. Just everybody just write the most terrible thing you can. No racist shit, no bigoted shit, because we won't read it online. Just let you know. Um... So, I'm uh, really off the hook. I thought we might be on the spot with the trivia. Yeah. Colin. 
Oh, um, yeah, that that might be a good idea. Wait, can <laughs> next, next time, next time. <laughs> there you go. Next you guys, unfortunately, you guys aren't um, aren't allowed to do it because you're already on the on the line. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I hate. Yeah, I apologize. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, like I said, uh, also don't don't write the answer in the chat room if you're listening in the chat room because someone will get your prize. They'll call in and they'll get your prize. Um, did I forget anything, being the, the ginger idiot that I am? Probably. Uh, probably, but we're going to get you off the hook by saying no, right. I don't think we got it. You ready for the sound? Do we yeah, want to play last week's? Yeah, let me play last week's and we'll let you know what it is. Okay. Uh. And of course, that was Dr. Evil um, from one of those Austin Powers. I don't know if they're kind of interchangeable. Um, <laughs> so this week we have... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's so easy. That is so easy, right? If someone doesn't oh my get that, God. I'm so disappointed. That so is don't so give easy. it away, you guys. you got to call in later and uh, give us your answer. I'm going to guess it right now. It was the Joker. No. Huh? Huh? No, it was, huh? it, no. It was the uh, Joker's anyway. mom, so you lost. Anyway, you know there what? You I'm talking way too much. Um, I, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> shut up. Shut up, all of you. Shut up. Um, I'm a... I'm salivating for this uh, for this subject. So if you guys could please just just launch into it. It's de-escalation, also known as conflict resolution, also known, also known sometimes as uh, negotiation. So if you guys could just go ahead. You got cool. it. Cool. Uh, yeah. Introduce yourself first. Sure. My name is Melissa. Um, been teaching self-defense for 12 years. I um, we both work in mental health, or Mike used to. Um, I work in residential treatment, and I teach Chinese martial arts. My background is I worked on and off doing event security and club security for about, I don't know, 25 years. And I uh, worked in mental health for about 14 years. And I've been teaching martial arts for about 30 years. And so all of those things have got me thinking a lot about de-escalation, you know, because it's really, again, as was said before, probably the most important skill that ties all that stuff together. Absolutely. Is there is there a certain curriculum that you guys uh, studied under, or is there a place that others can go, like other than like the, the Peace Corps sites, to get certification? Well, I mean... Yeah, I get a lot of my stuff on the job, so I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, the training we put together, we put together based on stuff that we use in our mental health jobs as well as stuff we put together for working on security together, you know. Um, yeah, some of it we came up with, some of it we came is basically like mental health safety curriculum. Yeah, well, learning on the job is always the best education. And you know, I gotta, I gotta say that uh, having that mental health education, that that background right there. I mean, if you don't know why someone. You're behaving the way they are, then you know you don't know what to do about it. So, you yep. know, you guys really explained a lot. 
Yeah, yeah. When I was when I took your class at, at Occupy Oakland, I was like, wow, you know what? I not having any of that training, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought to to approach it the way you did. But I'm gonna shut up now, so you can go ahead and let us oh. know what. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. No worries. You wanna start off, Mike? Sure. Yeah. What the hell? I'll start off with a couple of different things. Um, we were gonna kind of walk walk through the workshop content a little bit as a way of kind of organizing the way we talk about it. Um, I'm going to kind of talk about the stuff we do so that people can be focused on controlling themselves, their presentation. And then Melissa is going to talk about the next chunk, which is all about, you know, how to assess people and what to do with it from there. Um the first thing to me always is intention, you know, and just a real understanding, like, in your heart about why this de-escalation piece is so important. And one of the things that always comes to my mind is Sun Tzu, Art of War. You know, one of the first things in that book is the story of the three different doctors. And the question is, which is the most successful doctor, right? The first doctor is a doctor who becomes famous for curing very sick people in his area. The second doctor is a doctor who works on people that are sick in his area, you know, but also does a lot of kind of sickness prevention stuff. Not that many people become sick in the first place in his area. And, you know, very few people get seriously ill. And then the third doctor, there's almost no sickness in his entire area. His work is almost all sickness prevention. And, you know, the point of the story is obvious, right? is that the third doctor in some ways is really maybe not as famous but much more successful than the other two. Even though in a culture like our own, you know, sort of the high-intensity intervention is valued sometimes much more than doing the preventative work, than intervening early and being able to get in there in a way to keep the crisis from happening in the first place. And, you know, I don't know, that story, it's an old, old story, you know, and it shows that this whole problem they were dealing with is not new, you know. Right. And it's always right. stuck with me, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean Sun Tzu was was written a long time ago. Um but to the workshop content. Controlling yourself. One of the things that we do with people is we put people in two lines and we have them face each other. And the person in front of you starts yelling at you about a thing. We usually give them something to yell at the other person about. And mostly what people are supposed to do is just breathe, pay attention to their body, control the flow of adrenaline, and watch their body and their stance. Because if you get scared, if you get angry, one of the first things it's going to do is your adrenaline is going to go through the roof and it's going to become harder and harder to control yourself. One of the ways of controlling your own emotions is to control your own body. If you control the flow of adrenaline, you can have a much easier time being in control of yourself. So breathing from lower in your lungs, keeping your knees bent, keeping your shoulders relaxed is one of the first steps. So first thing is just to watch your body, watch your stance, and be able to keep yourself relaxed as somebody is yelling at you. And we basically have people take turns till that feels more familiar. And then the second thing is to try to use a tone that they think is going to de-escalate someone and to start working with that. You know, so we just play that on a very basic level just to kind of get people connected to their bodies while they're doing that. Then the next thing we do is we have people play in pairs. 
one of the first things is when people feel themselves get heated or just start losing their patience, is to have the ability to step back and let someone else step in and deal with the situation. And so what we do is we have two people who basically try to talk down one person, and no one person is supposed to be dealing with them for more than a minute. And so people just practice stepping in and out of the situation. And, you know, one of the things that really happens with all of us is our ego gets involved, our pride gets involved. I'm going to talk this person down. I'm fine. Everything's okay. I'm dealing with the situation. You know, and really at any point, we should be able to trust other people to do what they need to do and be able to take a step back, you know. So that's the piece that we do when we work in pairs. The third piece of it is we actually model physically. And what Melissa and I do is one of us comes at the other person and yells, and the other person displays very passive physical behavior, looking down at the ground, talking very quietly, not willing to make eye contact, shrinking your body real small. And everyone's immediately able to identify that as being passive. You know, then the next thing we do is the person gets, again, comes at you with the same thing, and then the person gets super aggressive, makes themselves big, steps right into the other person, starts yelling right back and getting aggressive. Everyone's immediately able to identify that as well. And both, most people can pretty easily identify that neither one of those approaches commonly works very well, you know. So then we talk about, okay, so if neither one of those approaches, what does work? So we model assertive behavior, which is basically making eye contact, trying to stay keeping your voice even, you know, because most research has shown that once somebody's agitated, so much of what they're actually cueing off of is body language and tone, you know, that the content of what a lot of what you say is actually secondary, that tone and body language is the first thing they see and so and it's this thing that people just feel like they should have you go well okay if I have it together if I'm feeling assertive I'll be assertive it's like no this is a technique like anything else you know and you got to practice it you got to practice it under pressure you know and so that is what we we model what it looks like to look assertive to bend your knees to be relaxed to have an even tone you know to state things very clearly you know and to do that over and over again to even be able to lower your voice and speak more softly if somebody else raises their voice, because oftentimes that will actually make them start talking more quietly to see if they can hear what it is you're actually saying. It works well in a room full of kids, too, by the way. You know? Hmm. And, you know, wow. Because if you try and match them and just yeah. keep yelling with them, voices just keep going up. But you start talking real soft and you go, look, whoever's not listening is going to be doing a bunch of extra homework. You know, no, no. We'll I'm going to jump in here real quick. Sure. Rock, rock. Mm-hmm. What, what am I going to say that needs to be done first before anything else to get yourself in this mindset? What am I going to say? Like I say, every, almost every show, what do you need to do? Breathe. That's right. Absolutely. i got to tell you guys real quick, every single show that we've had so far that's been about any kind of physical activity or calming oneself down, the key I always bring up, and I'm going to keep harping on it because it's really important, is totally. breathing. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I think that I think that um, Mike had already mentioned breathing lower in the yeah. lower part of your lungs. Yeah. Yep. So yep. so yeah, you're on the same Excellent. same page. I just hey, I love harping. I love I love to harp. No, no, you're totally right. Good. <laughs> you totally right. 
Because I think, you know, breathing in the lower lower part of the lungs, keeping the shoulders relaxed to keep that breath down there and keeping the knees bent. I mean, those three things I repeat over and over again, too. You're absolutely correct. That is the key, especially, I mean, exhaling. Because most people, you know, what they do is they stop exhaling properly and get less and less air in, right? Yeah, they get, you got to realize that in, in order to breathe correctly, and people that work out should know this, too. I think I just posted this today. Um, CO2. Right. is the thing that needs to go the whole way out of your body. Absolutely. You, need to, you, need to, you need to finish that breath. You need to push all that CO2 out because CO2 can shut, shut your entire shit down, shut mm-hmm. everything down. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Guys, go, go back into it. It's all you. Yeah, yeah. No, you're totally <laughs> right. And, you know, what people start doing is hyperventilating, right? They start inhaling real quick into their upper lungs and then start running out, right? Because their lungs start to fill with, you know, CO2. And the trick is to exhale Real regular, real long, and real strong, you know. The main thing before I go into any crisis situation, I take at least two or three breaths. I mean, really, you know, how rare is it that you can't take two to three seconds before you walk into a situation and exhale a few times real hard, you know? And just make sure that your breath is regulated, you know? Very, very rare. Good point. Very good point. So, and then the last piece... You know, and then once, basically, you know, we've done that whole piece, then we start moving on to other stuff, yeah. But this, by now, what people have is the basic ability to keep track of their body, you know, to keep track of their breath, and to keep track of their tone and their physical presentation. So this has them basically oriented on their own presentation. So Melissa is going to talk about next how to do an assessment and how to go from there. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, as Rock, as you brought up, um, just thinking about why people are escalating and not just, you know, treating everything like a nail because you got a hammer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding that you need to intervene differently depending on what's going on with somebody. Um, so, obviously, there's a lot of different things, you know, a lot of different motivations for people to escalate and, you know, breaking it down into simple categories is a simplification. Um, the way we... we uh, have both been trained to do it, and the way we find useful is uh, breaking it down into sort of four broad categories of fear, manipulation, frustration, and intimidation. So I'm just going to briefly go into those. Um, In terms of fear, a lot of what you can offer somebody is actually just support. And actually, you want to actually, you've got a really good story for that one. Yeah, got a good story for that one. Talk one more minute. One more minute. Uh, <laughs> Talk as long as you look at the story. Well, you know, um, yeah, I I was working security in um, a large crowd, and there was a guy basically just barreling his way through the crowd, shoving people, you know. And one of the other security people had called it in. We were all kind of converging on him. One of the security folks got right in front of him and told him to stop. He went right through the guy. And I came up next to him, and what I saw was that he was terrified. His pupils were dilated. His skin was very pale. He was sweating. He looked terrified. So I said, hey, what can I do to help you? What do you need? What's scaring you? And he finally managed to say, a kid, a kid. I said, you lost a kid? Describe the kid. Slow down and describe the kid. I'll call it over my radio. Look, here's the radio. He said, okay, okay. And he started to slow down describe the toddler he was looking for, 
whom he had lost track of in a crowd of 10,000 people. This kid belonged to his girlfriend, and he'd lost track of the kid flirting with another woman. He was feeling really guilty, really freaked out, understandably so, and was willing to hurt other people because of it, you know. Wow. The trick was actually basically to become his ally and to make him understand that we were going to help him find that kid. To get in his way of that process, all that was going to do was lead to us having to put him down on the ground. So in making, in me becoming his ally, I was able to slow him down enough to get him to work with us. Well, thank you, Mike. I, I well, really like that story. Yeah. Um, you know what? I got I to gotta tell you right now, just that one line, I, I'm, I promise I'm going to be using that forever now. What can I do to help you? That mm-hmm. was just, when you said that, I was like, wow. Yeah, instantly you're yep. on my side. I, I loved it. I felt it. So I'm going to use that from now on. Thank you. Yeah. That's good. Good. Yeah. So that's fear, right? Support. Um, in contrast to fear manipulation, um, the way I like to think about this is I'm dealing with a, you know, a upset kid that's trying to be manipulative. You know, I'm not going to treat a child like they're a threat because that's not what I need to reinforce to them. Um, it's not going to be useful to de-escalating them. It's just going to, you know, mm-hmm. reinforce this as a strategy, you know. So I'm going to take more of a bored affect, you know, not like you're not a threat to me, but, you know, I'm just going to have a more of a detached, disinterested kind of affect. Um, if something I didn't say, you know, to preface all of this is that, find that a lot of us, including those of us that work in mental health, um, are really good at dealing with one or two types of agitated behavior, you know, and we have one or two ways of holding our own bodies and, you know, relating to a person in our verbal strategies, but there's, you know, it's harder to right. be able to deal with the broad spectrum of stuff, you know, because, you know, you know, some of us will be better, like, empathizing or taking a really firm line or seemingly disinterested all the time, but being able to really change depending on uh, what the situation needs is a lot harder for all of us, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So by that token, uh, with manipulation, it's often more interesting, you know, more useful to give someone less energy, less eye contact, which was something harder for me to learn is how to not, you know, engage, but to disengage um, and to have that bored affect. Um, Frustration uh, you know, similar to fear, people have different um, approaches to frustration, and folks, this is one where people often want to, um, you know, fight fire with fire and set really firm lines. Uh, what we advise is that, when possible, also offering somebody empathy, because um, that's often going to de-escalate somebody. You know, even if you can't give them what they want, acting like you're taking them seriously, you know. Right. Will often cool people down a little bit if it feels like you respect whatever their concern is. Um, and in contrast to that, the last one, intimidation, <laughs> more just focusing on boundary setting, matter of fact, simple, you know, as to the mm-hmm. point as possible, just responding directly to that and keeping it simple. So those are our four um, general categories of fear, manipulation, frustration, and intimidation. And um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about physical interventions because that is something that we also train folks in. And first and probably the most important thing that I want to say about that is that 
this is not coming from a punitive place, you know, and, you know, especially, well, in contrast to self-defense, like, when I teach self-defense, it's much, very much like, all right, we're teaching folks how to escalate, we're teaching folks how to make a scene if that's what they need, because a lot of, um, a lot of the barriers to women, uh, different folks defending themselves is the fear of making a scene, so... Um, right. We really want to encourage, you know, to teach folks how to really take up space and make a scene when needed. But, you know, in the context of this call, like whenever, you know, we're intervening on others' behalf or whenever we're in any, any kind of position of authority, taking authority over others, really, you know, taking the other road and de-escalating as much as possible and being, you know, cooling it as much as possible is really what we advise. Um, so, you know, especially, you know, in any kind of physical intervention, this not coming from a punitive place, but from a place of, um, you know, care for the situation. Um, it, it, one of my friends says, it's called security, not insecurity, you know, so you don't want to be doing this from a place of, you know, having something to prove on, you know, other people's bodies. It's totally inappropriate, right? So, um, what a, you know, we... In physical interventions we teach, we teach basic, you know, bouncing type stuff of how to lead someone out of a space um, without hurting them. And um, one of the, you know, my favorite stories of this is from Occupy Oakland um, of using this. There is this guy, um, he's probably like 300 pounds or so and very, you know, unbathed, unkempt and had guy had like a lot of mental health issues and you know every time I saw him he's very he would just you know stand just stand there totally still with this really creepy stare on his face you know I was not immune to being totally creeped out by him everybody was really creeped out by him you know from this look you know but he was clearly you know there's clearly a lot of stuff going on in there and the guy was you know suffering a lot um but you know one night you know of course this group of young guys got really scared by him and so they were escalating with him, and they were doing a lot of posturing and threatening to kick his ass and everything. And being that he didn't have a lot of skills to deal with things, he was standing there having this creepy look on his face, you know. So I was working with somebody else, and I went over and talked to the guys. And, you know, speaking young guy speak, I was like, this guy's not worth your time. Like, he's not worth your trouble. And they were like, yeah, yeah. He's not in trouble, you know, because they were just terrified, you know, and they were looking for you know, any out, any excuse that they could have to get out of the situation. They yeah. wanted to take it because they were just as scared as anybody, you know. Um, right. And so that worked for a minute, you know, but then they actually got back into it with the guy. And in, in that instance, I took the guy and just, you know, wrapped my arm around him and sort of wrapped myself around him and started walking and, as soon as I, you know, touched him, he was just booking it out of there. And I'd never seen him, you know, I, I don't think I'd ever seen him walking before, you know. Um, wow. And so it was, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, he really was looking for an excuse to get out of there. And then once we were, you know, at a safer distance, he was like, what's your name? You know, and I was like, oh, my God, I've never heard you say anything. And to me, that was just like, just like the such a perfect you know, story in terms of what I, you know, can the I, ideal intervention. I'm sorry? Can I highlight something you said real quick? Uh-huh. Um, the thing where you said he was clearly suffering. That's yeah. 
that stood out in my mind like a neon sign. Like, I, I really right. want people to remember that, that when you look at somebody that you feel like you really want to fight, just remember, if somebody's angry, they're suffering in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, remember that, you know, that they're, they're suffering. It's like everyone who's angry is suffering in some way. That's that's how it works. You know? Yeah, yeah, pretty, exactly. So, um, yeah, so I think Mike's phone is dead, so I'm going to put us on speakerphone, okay? Sure. No problem. No Sorry problem. about that. <laughs> going going on on off. Hey, of that, so yeah, um, that yeah. was actually I, I wanted to wrap it up about with that and just wanted to you know just use that to illustrate you know like not intervening in a punitive way but really whenever possible with compassion and with you know trying to have um, trying to really assess what's what's actually going on you know and not just reacting to it. I um if if I may cut it one more time. Yeah. Um I could I could tell you a pretty interesting story about the the links that, that some people will go to de escalate and, and and compassion honestly. Um and this was the one story that I'll tell about Occupy. Um there was a guy I forget his name, um he was constant, he was on drugs all the time. He was always on something. I'm not sure what he was taking, but it was it was making him paranoid and just like freaking out. His eyes were always kind of bloodshot. And um, if you guys remember, uh, Occupy was divided into uh, a lot of different mini camps, and one of them was Comfort. Uh-huh. Um, now, in, he 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 used to like just mess with everybody and just overturn stuff. But he went over to Comfort, and in Comfort there was a small group that worked in there. That you know, not everybody. A lot of people in Occupy were actually really intelligent, really cool, really chill, but a lot of them in there just kind of drifted in, and they were a little angry. So the people that were working in uh, the comfort section were actually quite angry. This guy was addable in something. So you have two angry people and a, a guy who's, like, off on some crazy shit. Um, I go over there. I see the situation. He's overturning bins. He's freaking out about something that doesn't even exist. And I'm just like, oh, man. So first off, I'm, I, I take a position between them, and the two guys instantly realize because they know me because I'd worked there for a while. They they know that I'm there to take care of it. Um, this guy clearly doesn't want to talk. He does not want to talk. Um, he wants to hit something. I can see it in his eyes. First things first, obviously you guys know, um, before you escalate, before you get close to somebody like that, you should definitely always look for weapons, always. Um Look for their their hand going near their their belt to the back to the front wherever like slipping underneath something looking for a weapon. That's the first thing you can't you can't get yourself stabbed while you're trying to escalate somebody that is you know clearly on something. Um, so I, I figured out that he wasn't you know didn't have a weapon. Then he starts pushing me and I'm just trying to talk to him trying to escalate trying to like listen to him. He doesn't want any of that. Sometimes you just can't talk to somebody. And I see what he's going to do before he does it. I see that he's going to strike me. So I just say, this guy's like, uh, I don't know, he's like 5'7". I'm like 6'1". Mm. I got about 100 pounds on the guy. So I'm just like, screw it. I'm going to go for the gold. I let him hit me. And I just, the, the two guys behind me, they fly in to like hit him. And I'm like, stop. Just everybody just stop. And I look at him just like, it's all right. He's my friend. It's okay. And I don't know this guy. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of, he, he kind of looks at me, and I, I realized that, that that was the length that he had to go to. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to say that I suggest that anyone let somebody hit them. Mm-hmm. 
But if you see that it's going to be a really, really, really bad time, a really, really bad situation, because the, the two guys behind me were even bigger than I was, mm-hmm. and they would have beat the crap out of him, maybe hurt him, maybe put him in the hospital. I don't even know. You know, because yeah. it's, it's late at night. You don't know what's going on in these camps. It's like we used to work from 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Let that guy hit me. I just let him hit me. And at that point, he actually burst into tears, and he left the camp for about an hour. And then he came back, and he was apologizing and hugging me. And this guy was, like, completely straight at that point. His his mind was completely straight. Like, he wasn't even, like, he wasn't, you know, acting like he was on anything anymore. He was just totally apologetic and, like, I didn't, sorry, I didn't mean that. And he was my best friend from then on. And from then on, he actually helped us uh, doing security there. Mm-hmm. So that's, like... I don't know what you'd even call that. I mean, that's 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 going beyond fear. You know what I mean? That's that's like taking somebody yeah. beyond their fear and beyond everything else. I don't know. No, oh, I I hear that. I think that's a beautiful story, and beautiful it shows story. it really clearly. You know, that sometimes the safest answer for everybody is to take a hit if you think you can, mm-hmm. and if you think that that's the smart thing to do. I've done it myself too. You know. I, I feel like everybody he saw everyone as an enemy. You know. Yep. And he was looking around, and every single person that looked at him was giving him a shitty look. Yep. And I'm just like, this guy is, he's, he's, I can see it. I mean, between that and the fact that he's on something, it's a cycle. Yep. It's almost like you, you okay. got to show him that this is not all of reality. Yep. Yep. And sometimes you have to go to, to great lengths to do that. So, again, I hate to cut you guys off. I know. This is all part of it. This is all part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Goes back to I, I wish we all had. I'm, I'm thinking about what you're talking about about ego, Mike and Melissa. The 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 whole thing about the, if if we could have a turn off the ego button, um, instantly as soon as you know something starts to escalate, it, it would no longer escalate if our egos weren't involved. I wish I had a ray a ray gun to just just zap people <laughs> and shut their egos down. Of their egos, <laughs> yeah. Because once the ego's out of it, compassion definitely has a greater chance to step in and yeah. become part of that that situation. So, yeah, zero for sharing that. Absolutely, you know. I mean, I think however you can, you know, however you can. To me, it's always about. I mean, even from a, I want to talk for a minute just about the legal ramifications a little bit, but like. Oh please do please yes yeah talk just, as long as you want about that. Taking this approach, you know, the approach that we're talking about here, the approach of, um, there's a Japanese police saying, actually, it says, love the criminal, hate the crime, you know. Like the Christians got it from them, huh? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think it's, you know, it's the idea that what you're doing is you're intervening in the behavior. You know, you're intervening in what it is about to happen. You're not necessarily judging the person you know they may be a great person just having a bad moment they may not be who knows but you know you're not there to judge them as a person you're not there to punish them you're there to intervene in a behavior that's going to potentially harm them or someone else and that's what you're really doing you know and i think taking that approach allows you to try whatever you can before you have to go to self-defense before you have to go to potentially hurting someone and if nothing else, that lays the groundwork for a really good self-defense case, you know. And I think that's that's really key, you know, that if you ever do end up going there, and that shouldn't happen often, 
um, then you want to have laid that groundwork, both ethically and legally, you know, and have done whatever you can beforehand to avoid going there, you know. So I think, you know, especially with all the questions about, you know, in the media about um, what's his name who shot that young man and, you know, and all the other stuff that happens and questions of self-defense around that, I think it's it's all the all the more important for those of us who deal with this kind of stuff to show that, you know, that kind of an attitude is not necessary, you know, that basically we need to do what we can to de-escalate situations to take care of stuff with the minimum level of harm to everyone involved, you know. And I think, like I said, again, your story of letting that guy hit you is illustrates that point to a T, you know. I think, I think people also should realize that um, if you're going into a situation and you suddenly you're, you find yourself easy to rise to a fight, you have to confront the fact that you already wanted to fight before you got into that. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yep. you have, yeah, people, I and mean, if people go get into this shit and they realize that every day they're getting into it with somebody, you have to understand that you need to deal with something before you can even possibly think of, think that you're some kind of de-escalator. You know what I mean? Like, yep. You can't even do it unless you deal with your own shit first. You know? Yep. Otherwise, you, otherwise, you're just another, you know, sticky... Sticky, sticky mess in the gears, you know, that's about it. Yep. Yeah. For me, one of the things, you know, when I was working in mental health, I was working in a facility um, where folks who had been locked up most of their life um, got put in a le- less restrictive setting, and we were supposed to help get them used to that. And in the beginning, we ended up doing lots of takedowns. I mean, I'm talking like six takedowns a shift, you know, because these yeah. folks had been locked up for hurting people, you know. And, but I found that as I got better at this, as I got better at the de-escalation skills, you know, that this became less and less the case, you know, that when we were ready to just jump in there, you know, I was, I was young, I was enthused, I'd been doing a lot of martial arts, you know, and I was ready to jump in and use my hands and, you know, and I did. But when that became less the thing I was looking for, when that became less, and suddenly the moment I started looking for it less, it became less useful, it became less important, you know. And by the end, I was doing pretty much no takedowns whatsoever, you know. And just the use of my voice, the presentation and everything else, you know, is what changed it, yeah. you know. People, people that have hurt other people, um, they, they, they find it, once you hurt someone, you open a door of justification. Yep. And that lets you hurt other people because you justify it easier and easier every time. And that's really that's really the window into uh into resolving the conflict with those types of people. Because you you know, you have to find that justification, you have to figure out what they're justifying and you have to get around that somehow. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. To me one of the important things about this whole workshop idea that we've been talking about is you do have to work at this stuff. And you can't just think your way through it, you know. Um, we can talk about all of, about what this means and how to think about it, but you do actually have to grab a group of people and practice this stuff step by step. You really actually do need people to yell at you. You do need people to, you know, play out scenarios with you. And then you do need to practice having the correct tone, stance, and everything else. Those of us, I mean, I... Correct me if I'm wrong, but those of us who've done this, you know, it takes a while, you know, and having done this a few times in real situations. And even then, you know, you never know. 
some situations I do better at than others, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, to bounce off of that, uh, thinking about, like, what what we drill into our bodies, you know, and it always reminds me of a with Girl Army and also um, with your jiu-jitsu classes, it reminds me of the the gun takeaway drills where the, the first thing that people role play is handing over their money, you know, to, to get people not just thinking about what is it worth it to me to risk my life, not just thinking about it, but really physicalizing that, you know, and physicalizing, like, I, you know, if someone's holding a gun to you, you're not going to turn over your wallet, are you serious, you know, like, and, um, and because, you know, what we practice with our bodies is what's going to come out in a situation when we're scared, so... Yeah, absolutely. How you train is is how you react, right? That's really so funny you say that. Becomes knee jerk. There's a there's always that wild card, you know. I mean, you kind of like internalize and think about what's going to happen in a situation, but there's always always the wild card that you just don't know is going to be there, and it's usually shit that comes out of yourself. It's usually like some tremor or some yep. know, bad memory or something like that. Yep. 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 Happens to all of us. Yep. yep. Yeah, I mean, I think those were the big points we were going to cover, huh? Yep, that's that's what we got. Yeah. I'm going I'm to give yeah, you a lot of different points, but, you know, taking callers or whatever questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to actually give you a horror story real quick to show you what can happen even to a person who's been doing it for a while and has been you know, preaching it for a while. Um, I was working New Year's Eve last year, not this past year, but the last year before that, and... Somebody was in my club. I was trying to do everybody else's job, and uh, some. I think somebody they was a. You had to pay 150 bucks to be in this party. So everybody in the whole place was pretty self entitled. They were pretty much like do whatever they want. They were being nasty and shit. This guy is is like he won't move. I'm trying to do crowd control, and I get mad at him. I'm like, he's, he keeps asking me why. Why I paid 150 bucks to be here? Why do I have to move? And I'm like, look, dude, you're in my house. When you're in somebody else's house, you do what they tell you to do, you know. And that wasn't too nasty, but, you know, it's still not the escalation. And the next time I saw him, I walked by him, and he he, he kind of gave me a look, and he whispered, uh, he whispered, fucking bitch, you fucking little bitch. <laughs> and I said, that's it, you're out. And I went to grab his arm, and I told my other guy to grab his other arm, and the other guy wasn't even paying attention. So this guy was able to actually uh, land a punch to my eye. Uh-huh. And... Yeah, and that's because it wasn't. I didn't de-escalate. I didn't try to de-escalate. The next thing I knew, the other, my other guy who wasn't there when I needed him, actually picked this guy up and pile drive him on the ground upside down. Yeah. And the, it was a whole thing where the cops were there and all this shit, and it was just like, if if shit can go crazy in a second, shit can go crazy in five sure. minutes. That whole thing sure. took place in less than five minutes. You know, yep. We were outside, people were bloody, it was just nasty, all because instead of saying, please, sir, I need to do crowd control, I, you know, I'm, I'm nothing personal, I just need to do it this way, I said, you're in my house, do what I say, pretty much, you know? Yep, yep. And that's that's what happens, you can you can slip up, you know, it's not it's not like a, it's not like an on and off switch, you you have to concentrate, you have to make the decision every day to do this, you have yep. to make yep. Say I don't want to fight, and I want to have everybody have a good time. That's what you want. Yep. Yeah, I hear you completely. I have a similar story where I uh, there was this young guy. You know, I was 
had asked him to leave a club I was working at, and, you know, he started getting rude with me, and he was, you know, young, smaller than me, definitely knows much experience, and I just didn't take it seriously, and I was like, you know what, I'm not going to talk with this guy, I'm just going to throw him out. I started to go to grab him to throw him out, because I just didn't want to listen to him, and I didn't want to take the time to de-escalate him and calm him down. Yeah. I grab him, I slip on some alcohol on the floor, I fall down, I hit my elbow, I dislocate my shoulder, and right as my shoulder dislocates, he kicks me into the dislocated shoulder. Oh. oh. <laughs> and I start to go oh out. And he wow. just he said, you don't know, you know what I mean? I mean, here's yeah. a situation where I didn't give it no second thought. I thought, okay, this is going to be easy. I'm just going to throw him out. I don't want to deal with this, you know. And what would yeah. it have taken for me to take a few minutes to try and talk this guy down, you know? And to try and deal with this in some other way, you know, and, and I regretted it for quite a while afterwards. I guarantee you that. And that shows so, us. I mean, that really shows us that we have to we have to concentrate much, much more. It's so much more um, uh, quintessential when we're in a crazy situation where we're not paying attention that we have to make it muscle memory. We have to make it yep. simple memory. You know, yep. We have to build it into ourselves. Yeah. Um, another thing that I, I just want to run through a, a quick list of things that I have actually used in the past, uh, just because you know we've we've been doing this for a while. I've been doing this for about twelve years now, and only for like maybe four years have I actually been using the escalation correctly. Uh huh. Um, number one, and this is the top of the list, is comedy. Yep. Being, yeah. Being funny, self-deprecating stuff, bringing yourself down past the person's level to where you're a little bit more submissive with comedy. Yeah. Yep. If you can make them laugh, it'll release endorphins. It'll 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 get everybody laughing. It's like a it's like a it's like a positive virus. You know what I mean? You could just spread it out. Everybody just the, the tension gets edged off. And if you can edge the tension off, you won. Now, um, the next one I want to talk about is distraction, and that's um, there's a lot of things you can do. I won't. I actually want Rock to talk about target break or target lock break in a second here. Uh, remind me of that um, distractions. You can give them food items. You can ask them questions. Sure. You can give them, you can give them compliments. Sure. Pretty much anything that lets them focus on their base needs, because their base needs are going to overpower what's going on in front of them. If you can break their target lock and feed their base needs real fast, it's like a kid. I mean, especially if they're inebriated or on something, you know, high adrenaline. High adrenaline. Uh, but yeah, um, let me break in on that for a minute. One sure. of the things that I, uh, when we talk about making yourself an ally of someone who's scared, you know, base needs is one of the things I think that's really important when you're dealing with somebody who's scared. Not like a guy I was talking about earlier because he lost the kid, but you know, somebody who's afraid of the invisible helicopter, somebody who's afraid of something that you're not going to be able to affect, you know. And oftentimes what you really have to, again, affect is, you know, what can you do for them to calm them down, right? And, you know, do you need your meds? Have you taken your meds today? Do you need something to drink? Do you need to go someplace quiet, you know? Just continuing to ask somebody questions until they can clearly identify something that's going to help them calm down, you know? Another story uh, I want to talk about is um, Snipe. Okay, now I don't know if you guys have you guys uh, seen pictures of my team at all. Uh uh-uh. uh Oh yes, yes. I'm glad okay, to hear so, you. Okay, yeah. 
there's um, there's a big picture of my team on the page, and there's one guy. Uh, he's wearing dark glasses, and he's wearing a shirt. It's got like a, a bullseye on it. That's that's Snipe. Okay, Snipe is he's a Bronx boy. He 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 looks tough. He sounds tough. He is tough. And when you first when I first met him, when I first met him, I was like, oh my god, this guy is going to be a freaking loose cannon in the field, you know? <laughs> he's like gruff. He's like hey, yo, you know it's. I'm snipe, blah blah blah, you know. But he's he's uh we got him on the field, we're doing West Village buggings last year. There's a guy running around the street on Christopher Street, it's like a four lane street, you know, like fast traffic. He's running around in the traffic swinging a, a big club around. It's like the club is like taller than him, it's like a big stick, I don't know, some kind of like line. It's like a pole it helps up lines or something. Um he's swinging around, then he gets on the sidewalk, he's swinging at the people. We go up to him, you know. And Snipes first, he's closest to him. I'm like, oh, shit, you know, I don't know what's about to happen because I've never seen Snipe in action other than speaking to him, you know what I mean? And don't you know, Snipe walks up to the guy, and he he could have, I mean, at that point, the guy was, like, threatening people. Legally, we could have taken him down, right. you know? And I know a lot of other people who do this that would have taken that as an opportunity to show how tough they were, to, you know, to show their martial arts skills, whatever, to take the guy mm-hmm. down. Instead, this guy, Snipe, he says, he walks up to the guy, puts his hands down, takes a submissive pose, and says, hey, man, what's your name? What's your name? And just that was enough to get the guy to disarm himself and stand there and kind of go, oh, my name. Oh, and then he says his name. And then he's like, oh, you want to know about me. You want to know yep. who I am. And then he starts asking, what's what's going on? Are you Okay. And immediately the guy just calms down to the point where two minutes later, Shortcut, our other guy, was able to say, hey, can I have your stick? And the guy, and the guy just handed it to him. He just handed him the stick that moments ago. And the cop showed up in about two minutes after that, and the guy was already calm, already sitting down, and we were able to give them a, a full report of what happened. And they just left the guy alone. And that's who he was afraid of was the police. And yeah. you know, he was freaking out about the police. He was clearly mentally uh, diversion in some way. And he, uh, that was his issue. So if the police had gotten there two minutes later and he still had the stick yep. and he's still swinging it around, you know, cops yep. have guns, cops in New York are kind of like chewing the trigger finger. Yeah. Gotten shot. Yeah. yeah. That, um, that reminds me of, of the line, what's your name? Cause that's one of my favorite things to say to folks also. Um, the feminist vigilante march that happened a few times out here in Oakland, they asked me to, coordinate some security for the march and also do a security training for the uh, the marchers as some folks uh, were coming into the march, groping people, harassing people. Um, yeah. You know, so I did that, and then, you know, during the march, these two, like, it was, um, the march was happening during First Fridays in Oakland, so it's a big street party. You know, and these two little young white boys from the suburbs, like, bust into the middle of the march, probably the first time they've been drunk in their life, you know, like, and, you know, this is a total handful, you know, everybody's sort of like all eyes are on them and people start closing it on them, you know, and I just start, and I just go up to them and I'm like, what's your name, you know, and like, and you can just see everybody starting to laugh as soon as they see me uh, talking to them. She's like, oh, hi, you know, you know, they're just like these young, spazzy, you know, Dumbass guys that shouldn't be wandering around Oakland, you know, for their own safety. But you know, we're not a threat, and we didn't have to, you know, 
ruin what we were doing because of them. So they were just like, oh, yeah, hi. You know, I was like, you know, where are you from? They're like, ah, you know, and then they and then they would just run off, you know. But it's just so funny how, you know, setting that tone, if you if you have the luxury of setting the tone and then, you know, it's just, you know, it was just hilarious to see you know, everybody, like, closing in behind me and just seeing how, you know, their spirits lightened as soon as I was just, like, chatting up these guys, you know, and just, like, you know, as we've been talking about, like, making a conscious decision to not see everything as a threat because that opens up all of these other options, you know, so that, you know, not just treating everything like it's a male, you know. And I can't even I can't even tell you how many times that that we have used uh, females in conflict resolution because it's there's there's nothing worse than a guy that looks like me with like the beard and like the scowl coming up to you and trying to like calm you down like you don't want that like you want a nice smaller pretty person to come up and talk to you you know it's, it it works every time. Um, but Rock, actually, the target lock thing, I'd really like Rock to, to center on that because she knows so much about that. <laughs> um, you know what? I'm, I'm sitting here. I was thinking about the whole target lock thing. It's probably the quietest I've ever been, you guys, for any show because there's so much to learn here. There really is, and I'm sitting here just marveling at all the stuff that everybody can use. But before I get to the target lock thing, Zero, I want to say that you, we got it. You, lady. Thank you. <laughs> we so have... You're welcome. Thank you. We have um, a, a. I found out that a bunch of um, our friends in the real life superhero community listen in on this um, show a lot, and so do the people in our, you know, just um, civilian. I, I'll call them civilian for lack of a better term. Um, community. So if they're not bouncers and they're not in uh, the type of setting that that you know the four of us. Have, have all been, you know, insecurity. Uh, so we get it. We get that, that, you know, we're going to get pushed every day and that you have to have that Zen-like, you know, mindset to go into things. But for people who are one end of the spectrum, you know, pumping gas and someone wants to start something with them, this stuff is good for them too. And I hope they're getting something out of it. I hope they're getting that, you know, taking a deep breath and realizing whatever, that's not worth it. Give your wallet up, like you said, or give up whatever ego you have to to make sure you get home to your family because really was it worth it to posture was it worth it to get in that fight was it worth it to get killed it wasn't so no matter what it is whether you're driving whether you're you know um bumping into somebody accidentally at a supermarket and they want to start something really is it worth it for you to to just display your ego to whom you know and and on the other end of that spectrum we have all these people that we care about in the real-life superhero world, they're putting on gear. They're going out there trying to stop crime. And I see when Mike was mentioning that when he was younger, you know, there was a takedown in every shift. That's because a lot of them have this energy. They have this enthusiasm, and a lot of it's misdirected. Instead of it being, hey, I want to be compassionate and trying to, it's, hey, dude, I'm geared up. Check this out. Hey, I know how to take this guy down. I cannot wait for someone to cross my path so that I can use it. That's awful in so many ways. That's putting energy out there, hoping for someone to do wrong just so that they can make it right somehow. And I'd really like, if you guys are listening, RLSH people, because you're my friends, I care a lot about, if if we didn't care, we wouldn't have started this show. 
even though it's geared more towards civilians, we care about you guys too. I care. And I would rather you listen to what these two are saying, play the show back a million times because we're not like, I guess, Mike or Melissa, one of you was saying, we're not out there to judge the person. You put on your gear, you put on your costumes, you go out and patrol. You're not out there to judge that person. You know, it's, it's hate the crime, not the person. So, um, yeah, you know, and the, the practicing is because I'm before we, you know, we run out of time. We still got some time. We got plenty yeah, actually. Got but I, I just want to say, you guys got to hear what they're saying. Grab people and practice. I was there. Zero. Speaking of target lock, we're gonna get back to this. See, I, I, I have all my uh, points. <laughs> to some of uh, everything, you know, I, I, I take all these different derails, but it, it all comes back. Um, this target lock thing that you're talking about, I, I saw it firsthand. I won't mention anyone's name. I was there in the middle of Union Square um, in San Francisco watching an RLSH engaging in an escalating situation. The guy just wanted a cell phone. The guy that, that uh, now this RLSH was standing toe-to-toe because he didn't like the way that the guy kept bothering everybody to see if he could borrow a cell phone. The guy was just desperate to get a hold of whoever was going to be picking him up from BART. And this RLSH had to stand toe-to-toe to posture in front of all these other RLSHs just to show I'm not backing down. This is how I handle things. And it was ridiculous. People were walking by with strollers with little kids there. So if that fight had broken out at that moment, this guy was so target locked, standing toe-to-toe with the guy who wanted a cell phone that he didn't even realize if he would have fallen into a fight, he would have hurt some children or just some innocent bystanders. It it wasn't worth it. And that's target lock, man. That's complete target lock. His ego wouldn't let him see anything else. So what we try to do you know, distraction. There's always there's break that target lock. You guys, all of you, you know, right now know what I'm talking about. The, the people speaking nope. <laughs> here on the show know exactly what I'm talking about. Break that target lock. You're doing it when you ask them their name. You're doing it when you're asking them how can I help you. You're yeah. doing it when you say, hey, you know what? Somebody called the police. I, I, you know, I heard they're on their way. And just break that target lock and. uh get them to to see something else other than their own rage and other than you know their their enemy that you know someone they perceive as an enemy so yeah usually you have to understand that the these these two people that are that are at each other um whether or not they're surrounded by a group you have to understand there's usually always two primaries that are starting this whole thing against each other and it's usually because they have some kind of anger at something that happened to them earlier in the day or in the week their whole life like Something happened to these people, and you have to you have to figure out either what it is, or you have to figure out how to, I don't know, distract them. Whatever you got to do, it's an adaptation. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I find that kind of thing. You know, especially once your adrenaline level gets to a certain point, you know, just other options start disappearing. Right. Yeah. You know. Right. 
And that's that's when, to me, it always becomes real scary. And I find it happening, like we said before, with myself as well, you know. And that's when I know I've got to break myself out of it, when I stop being able to see other possibilities, when I stop being able to think of other ways of dealing with the situation, you know. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the, uh, it's like a, a physicality versus mentality. It's like yep. you can think about the stuff all you want, but if you're not practicing how to balance yourself, in every way, in all the ways that we've covered in the shows, you need to understand how to balance yourself, your physical and your mental. If you're not balancing that, you will never have control of yourself. Yeah. And that brings... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, that brings up something else, and I I, um, am always stressing this out there, that uh, if we can't control our thoughts, um, very little else is going to follow. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and um, I, I see that. I see, you know, just even just Facebook land. I see people posting things that were just sounds like they've just lost control. Yeah. And yeah. It's, say. It's, it's right. Really it's, just, it's a very embarrassing. And I'm thinking, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah but it's it's the the medium is dangerous. Yeah. It's very, very dangerous. Yeah. I'm getting ready to take my own little break from it pretty soon. I, I, I like sharing what we share, you know, like this show, for one thing, and, and maybe some encouragement, but really there's there's a lot that just, it'll pull you down and suck your energy dry if you let it, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I, I'm wholeheartedly behind your suggestion to grab people and practice the correct stances, the correct tones, and, you know, I'm, I'm also seeing letting yourself get to this point of of wanting to yell and then practicing going no I got to step back I gotta I gotta break my own target lock and step back and let someone else step in so your idea to practice everyone listening out there really should try that I mean yeah. you know it's only gonna help your life and you absolutely you train martial arts right right yeah yeah I just find it so useful in terms of. Uh, developing the kind of focus, to, you know, so as you mentioned, Rock, just being able to control one's mind and have that connected to one's body and have, having a positive feedback loop there instead of a negative feedback loop. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Um, I'm sorry, we, uh, we, do we have any calls? Because I was going to say, if you guys want to take some calls, I, I see people in the chat room um, talking about what we're talking about, but... Uh, <coughs> You know, you guys, if, if you're listening in and you have something you want to say uh, or ask of Mike and Melissa, please feel free. You know, um, we're let's, happy uh, that you're listening. Let's let's play the noise one more time for uh, the audio trivia show, and we'll take callers if they start calling. If not, we'll just continue. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that one's just too easy. It's so easy. It's so too easy. easy. Um, oh, we should mention right now, too, Zero, that uh, this is the last Wednesday show we're going to have. Um, it's it's on way too late for the eastern part of the, the country, which is where Zero's in New York right now, and we're in Cali, and he's staying up, you know, doing the show. And, and go honestly... Ahead. Honestly, I got an extra day a week at work, so I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> Take that too. So we're going to be moving it earlier to to Sundays. We're going to, you know, people have time off on Sundays, and and um, we're going to be moving it to Sundays so that uh, you guys don't have to stay up really late 
to uh, to listen to this. So, um, and, and we have everything archived, which is great. So if there's somebody who missed it tonight, they can they can always check on the archive. And we're pretty darn happy with the uh, the listening numbers that we're getting, especially archive shows are you know it's just going yeah. going up there, right? We're getting what an average of like 900 listens per show now. So oh, yeah. we've been gonna, yeah yeah pretty sweet. We're pretty gonna, happy. About we're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna switch it to uh, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, we're still going to keep doing the spitball specials, but they're not going to be Sundays. They're going to be random, but we're going to let you know before they happen. So we might actually have one uh, Tuesday night, you know, Saturday in the daytime. Like It might be any time, any time that we have time, any time that we just feel like doing one. You know? What's a spitball special, Zero? Spitball special, that's, uh, that's, that's our show where we just kind of let the, the lines open and let you guys call in and say whatever you want to us. If you want to talk about past shows, if you want to talk about lunch meat and how delicious it is, <laughs> if you want to talk about your feet or how much you hate us, you want to <laughs> curse us out, or yeah. um, or if you want to engage in a soundbite war with between Nightbug you and Joe, yeah, you <laughs> great, great. Great. Now our now our guests are gonna go. Okay, we're done with you guys. That's Something's <laughs> wrong with you, really. <laughs> Something's wrong with you, really. Okay, knock it off. Okay. Um, I I also. Okay, goobers, let's stop now. Okay, thank you. Um, I was gonna ask. Bye bye. Yeah. I was going to ask Mike and Elisa about uh, something that we, we learned from them uh, during the Occupy training. There was, there was uh, you were having us in Paris, which is great, um, and, and there was a stance that you took, and it was a little bit, I, I believe, a little bit of an angle um, to where the person could still see you. Uh, approaching, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to remember the details of that, but I I always thought, well, that's good because you're not coming up behind them, yep. you know, to try to talk to them. Can you can you give us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, we often recommend folks come with, so it is within eye contact, so people don't jump and you know, don't react to that, and um, you know, use the same basic stance that we teach in Girl Army, which I thought you were talking about at first of. Folks, mm-hmm. feet on a diagonal, hands up, and that can be a, a casual thing, but just having them near your head, uh, knees bent, breathing. Yeah, see, all that works because, I mean, the hands up in itself looks, like you said, it's, it's a, um, you know, it's open and yet protective at the same time. Yeah. So I really liked that, and I like the fact that, like you said, you're not you know sneaking up on them, bumping up from behind. They're going, hey, hey, what the hell? What are you, what are you doing back there? You know, you're 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 at a good angle from them. Yeah. So, um, and then I don't know if we did the the time y'all were there, but we do a drill of splitting up two uh, folks who are focusing in on each other um, and having um, you know coming up at an angle so that the person has to turn to look at you as opposed to trying to insert yourself between two people and, and you know, which in that case, of course, they can both, they still, right. they can still see each other, they can still fixate on each other, but getting you and ideally your partner on the other diagonal, trying to start forcing these people to split their attention and that be another piece of de-escalation. That, see, that's great. That's breaking that target lock, you know, 
not so abruptly, but enough to where, like you said, they're now they're engaging in in you instead of each other. And and I've learned that um, from my experience, people want an out. Yep. You know, ninety ninety percent of the time, they they really don't want to fight. They they're hoping somebody will break it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think we we might have also talked about that at the time. You know, is that often um, you're just talking about the idea that some of this violence is consensual in terms of you know guys going to a club. You know, both of them are looking for a fight, and so they find you know some anonymous person that they can take out some of their aggression with. You know, and so that is why we advise in a lot of circumstances when people are swinging at each other. You know, to wait until they're sort of hugging before you break them up. You know, so they can feel like they've gotten, you know, they've got a story and they've gotten their right. yayas out a little bit. Right. They had to hold me back, man. They had to hold me back. Right. I love that. that. That's oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I can hear you. Yeah, you know, wait until, you know, a punch or two and then they're hugging or they're rolling around on the floor together. You know, that's a good point to break right. it up. Right. Let them get into a tiny little bit because otherwise, it's, you know, you're not going to stop that those unstoppable forces without getting hurt. Yeah. I've used the approach, uh, the physical approach on the situation. I have actually used, hold on one second. I have actually used um, dancing, walking up to him while dancing, <laughs> while uh, not really dancing, but more like, you know, like like snapping, like you're in a, a small gang in West Side Story. Uh huh. Like, just, like the just opening kinda, of Kung Fu Hustle? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you just kind of walk up, like, like ba boom. <laughs> you know, it's, it's awesome. exactly, it, and right now y'all are like you're, you're laughing your asses off, and that's exactly what happens. Even if they're crazy, yeah. if they're doing shit, they're either like right. they're either laughing or they stop and look at me like, "What the hell is this guy?" And then suddenly oh, they're yeah. united. They're united in their ridicule. They yeah, breaking the script that people have of this is going to yeah. go this way. You know, right? Yeah. Right. Like you, you sometimes the best thing to do is not to make not to make yourself an enemy of both parties because then you're in trouble, but yeah. to like. Make yourself the butt of the joke for both parties to laugh at, because then they can, they can be bros. You know what I mean? They can like, they can uh, buy each other a beer. Then at that point, like, oh, this guy's stupid. Let's now we have something in common. Let's be friends. Uh huh. I had a friend of mine who used to do event security with a pair of wings and a tutu. I actually have. I have, I have <laughs> a friend that uh, I have a friend that does uh, event security right now with that kind of stuff. His name is Doc Adventure. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, he actually, I think he just did event security where he, I think he was he was uh, on a flying rig. He was flying around wearing um, big demon wings. He had a helmet on and he had a, a giant monster penis hanging from him. Uh-huh. Uh, and he had an axe and he was flying around. He was beating the shit out of a disco ball. And I think after that he came down and he had already broken the ice with people, so they were kind of like, oh, this is this this funny guy. So when shit happened, he would walk and be like, hey, yeah. what's going on? What's this? What's this? You know? And they yeah. would all calm down. Besides, you're keeping yourself entertained because security is so boring. Yeah. Yeah. You can amuse yourself. That is good, and it's going to make you less hostile. You know? Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, I have a gorilla costume that has worked wonders at times as well. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know. Uh, I think that gorilla face is kind of scary. I've I've found that to be not the most de-escalating kind of tone. <laughs> no. True. I'm kind of scared of the gorilla. But it does kind of freak people out and change the equation. It does change the script. That's true. It does 
frighten children, though. <laughs> we have That's in the good. chat room. We have a, a comment. Uh, the Dynamator posted, "Hey there, I posted this on Facebook to promote uh, promote tonight's show, and I'd actually like to hear your suggestion." The guy you just ran into an accident is having the worst day of his life. He's twice your size, and there's nowhere to run. He's looking for any excuse to start a fight, and you just gave him one. It's on. Or is there a non-violent way out of the situation? I mean, I think there's always a way out of the situation if you can make it happen, right? (laughs) You know, once they've already thrown that punch, it becomes harder and harder. Yeah. You know, I think the trick is to figure out why they're looking for that fight. What's going on? Um, If you can create some kind of a rapport with them. When I was bouncing, one of the first things I'd always do, you know how it is, especially when you're working the door, you can oftentimes tell who the people are that are coming and looking for a fight. And I would meet them at the bar. I would get to know their name. I'd get the bartender to give them a free drink. You know, so I'd know a little bit about their life. I'd get them to talk to me about what was bugging them, about their job, about their girlfriend, about whatever. And so if they were going to get into it with someone later, you know, the ten minutes, five minutes I spent talking to them were going to come in real handy when I could go up to them and say, hey, Joe, I know you've had a bad time with your girlfriend right now, but this is not the answer. You know, because then you are referencing something completely different. You know? I I know. Posing this as a scenario, you know, if you've done some of your homework, if you've approached the situation properly, you know, that's not the scenario that you're dealing with. Yeah, and that's something that we didn't really say explicitly either, but just humanizing yourself and and the other participants as much as possible. Yeah. That's yeah. Not. Now, here's I know that's interesting... the question a little bit, but, you know. Uh, here's an interesting point I want to cover real quick, and I want your you guys' opinions on this. Um, let's talk about the threshold for a second. The threshold between when is it appropriate to de-escalate with words and when is it appropriate to actually defend or tell the person that there is going to be police action involved but they don't, like, calm down? Right. I mean, is that a situational thing, or do you think there is an actual point where, okay, that just happened, now I know I need to do this? Well, I would love to pretend like there's a totally objective line, you know, but... I also have to admit that I think that line changes for me sometimes from evening to evening, and it's changed for me from year to year as I've gotten more experience, you know, right? Yeah. So I'd have to say the line is somewhat subjective. If I have more patience, then I'm going to wait a little while longer, you know. Certainly if the person is about to harm someone else, you know, for me that's generally a line. Like Like in your story before, I've had people hit me and then, not hit them back, have de-escalated them after the fact without really hurting them. But if they're about to hurt another person, you know, if I'm there to do security and I get punched by someone, I'm there somewhat by choice, you know. If yeah. they're about yeah. to hurt someone who's not there by choice, if they're there to hurt somebody and about to hurt someone who doesn't have any real way of dealing with that, then for me that is one of the lines. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, the first thing that pops into my head is that really just about when I lose my patience, you know, just honestly, you know, like when do things, does that line change? And, you know, I, I think that the really important thing to say in terms of de-escalation is um, when is it important to take responsibility for a situation and take responsibility for 
doing as little harm as possible and bringing as little harm into the world as possible. Um, you know, in my life outside of, uh, you know, professional teacher roles, security roles, you know, I'm not always the most de-escalating person. You know, there was a there was a point earlier, mostly earlier in my life, where I really wanted to play with the street harassment interaction, and I would just, you know, take off my shoes and chase guys down the street hitting them with my shoes, you know, and, and I think that, you know, it's not, it's not the escalation, you know, it had to do with Bokok impatience, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think that, you know, really, you know, trying to take an honest stock of what is my responsibility in the situation, you know, to myself, to others. Yeah. Wow, that was good I stuff think, in the show, my God. Right, I, I think, and, and oh, yeah, really quickly, because I, I see our time. All right, wow, this does fly we, by. Yeah, we, we burn it, man. We do. Um, um, I was thinking that there is a point where, you know, when you're practicing, like you said, I'm always going back to what you said about practicing, where we, we know we get really angry about certain things. That's I think in, in part of the practicing, it's good for those of us who know um, what our buttons are to, to find out why they are our buttons. Why are we so angry mm-hmm. about that? Yep. You know, yep. so it's part of learning about ourselves. Um, yep. <clears throat> wow, this did fly by. It's already not, we've only got uh, how much yeah, longer it, to go? And 12 uh, minutes. <laughs> 12, 12, 15 minutes. I want to say real quick, um, and don't forget, again, um, uh, number one, confront anger, obviously confront what's in you. Um, number two, uh, really focus really, really focus on what you're doing, really focus on the person. Because, again, we have all these great ideas here, all this stuff, it's awesome, but there's no formula. There's ideas, okay. There's and then, and then there's, you know, improvisation. There's no formula. You have to focus on the person. You, again, you have to be aware. You have to be present. You can't be lost in your past, lost in your future. you got to be right here now when this kind of stuff happens because guess what? You're the only person that is here right now. Because everybody else is lost in their past, they're mad about something in the past, or they're worried about something in the future, and it's affecting them. You need to bring everyone in the situation back to the present. You need to bring them all back to the present. You're a time traveler. You're the only time traveler. If you if you want to say it this way, you're a time lord. Be a time lord. You know, bring everybody back to the present. Wow, he had yeah, to throw in something from that was thank really you, well played, actually. No, but thank I mean, think about you. it. Thank like, you, thank you. I'm here all night. Presence, presence for just one minute. Let's talk about it. I mean, it's it's really important, and it applies to all this stuff. You can't be aware if you're not present. Um, so I somebody once told me, um, you can you can live in the past um, <clears throat> analytically, but don't live there emotionally. You can live in the future analytically, but don't live there emotionally. Let your emotions live here now. Uh, let, let your emotions be here now. Be emotional about what's going on here now and understand what your emotions are so you can be analytical in all ways. Does that make sense? Yep. <clears throat> but, yeah, and presence, it's the key. I think also, like Melissa was saying earlier, you know, she was saying you know, that you have to be able to shift from one mode to the next in terms of dealing with behaviors. I think if if what you're doing really isn't working, try something different, you yeah. know. Yeah. If they're yeah. being their allies not working because they're being manipulative, then yeah. 
start to draw away and start to give them less energy, you know? If being empathetic is not working and they're trying to intimidate you, then draw a harder line. And, you know, sometimes it's hard to assess what's going to work, and you got to yep. just go through a couple of different modes until the situation starts to respond to something, you know? Yeah. This is one of those things where you will fail a couple times before you figure out the right way to do it. Just be prepared to fail. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's not really a failure. It's it's a learning experience. Yeah, you're trying different keys on the door. That's about it. Yeah, but see, to me, it's 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 worth it to try and to fail here because if you just try to be a hard ass and you get really hurt or you end up having to defend yourself from a criminal assault charge because you you couldn't deescalate. That's so much worse than, well, I tried to de-escalate, it didn't work. I tried to de-escalate, it didn't work. Keep trying. You know, at least you didn't take the hard approach first and then cut off all your other avenues later, you know. So for me, this, this practicing it, this is one of the most important things you can you can practice at. You know, yeah, and also, everywhere. Also, if you're with a group of people and you see the situation, and you may, you may be the best de-escalator there. Yep. You may know the most stuff, but if you feel that someone else in your group is calmer than you and is chiller than you and has maybe less alcohol in their system if, you, if it gets sprung upon you, you got to learn to know when to go, okay, you need to go in there and calm this down because you're the calmest here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a great uh, example of that on our team. Every weekend we go out, we do those needle walks, and the most calm person on the team is, it would be old school, um, yep. our guy who's taught everybody uh, what to do about um, use needle disposal and such. The guy on the PSA, that guy is Mr. De-escalation. He knows when it's worth it and when it's not, and 90% of the times it's not worth it. So, yeah, great guy. Um, eight minutes left here. Oh, you know what? Should we do the uh, should we do the the contest? I I actually have to read what was uh given to me from from Michael yeah, who won last week. Let's oh yeah, let's let's uh let's announce we're gonna take calls. So start calling mm-hmm. in now and we're gonna have Rock read the winning the winning entry and um I guess whoever's first we're gonna take that call. So let's play the noise one more time. This is going to be a speed race right here. So, Rock, go ahead and do your thing. Okay. Okay. I'll stop when I see that somebody's on the line there. Um, This is one line. Great. Uh, This was given to me by Michael. I know you're listening. Thanks, man. The gold nuggets of Captain Crunch pelt. Wait, wait, I gotta do this with The gold nuggets of Captain Crunch pelt the bottom of the bowl with a sound like glass rods being snapped in half. Tiny fragments spill away from their corners and ricochet around on the white porcelain surface. That's one. You know what? There's more. I'm not gonna read the rest, but that's. The, <laughs> I'm don't not you gonna. Have to? No, I don't have to. Not it's even, supposed to be it's one line. It's not even that bad. It's not even that bad. Oh God. <laughs> You didn't, you're not the one who read about softly getting pounded on a pool table that week. Well, you know, this was your idea, having to uh, read any line that they gave it's, you. It's so, the only prize we have to give right now. We gotta figure out how to... they... <laughs> you are correct, sir. 
Actually, yeah. this whole thing about Captain Crunch is making me want some Captain Crunch right now because it's pretty. Right. It's pretty tempting. I know, right? It's just, you, you must chill. You must chill. Okay, it's, boys. <laughs> it's, it's good, but it f's your mouth up so quickly. It does. Oh, great. Just like that. He's in the chat room. Oh, oh, oh. we got a caller for. Uh, 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 oh, yeah. uh, uh, we got to go. Uh. Okay. Welcome, caller. What's the answer? Uh, the person making that sound is Fazzini from uh, uh, Princess Bride. He laughed just before he died. Awesome. I, this voice sounds familiar. You You're are right. Correct, sir. Yeah. Now, who is this? Well, the, the voice sounds familiar because this is none other than the Silver Sentinel. I knew oh it. my I God! This is Silver Sentinel. I knew We're it. We're all screwed. We're all screwed now. If you don't know, if you don't know the Silver Sentinel, then you're not part of the Rose Age community. Trust me. Um, Silver Sentinel is kind of like the the sage uh, advice giver in the Rose Age community. Smart dude. He's been doing security for years. He knows his stuff. He's a uh, it's probably the, the best source I know for just finding, like, the best sources for free info when it comes to pretty much everything that we like to do. Yep, yep. And uh, so, Silver, what are you thinking about the, the um, topic so far and, and uh, our guest's info and such? I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's showing a background of experience. You know, it's not just, uh, you know, something that they learned from someplace, but something that they've learned and and used uh and and they've experienced in the field. Um so I've right. been enjoying I've been enjoying the whole conversation and everything. Well yeah. thank you, sir. Yeah. Um I have an I have another question for you. Uh are you gonna have zero read a line next week? You gonna think of something to give him? Don't read him on. Oh no 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 you know you're you're much more funny with this zero see those if you make it a long line with no punctuation see Michael I know oh. you're in the chat room so you can hear me and I know you threaten next time it'll be the beginning of Finnegan's Wake great <laughs> see Silver don't put any punctuation in there and then the line can go on and on that's not fair because we can almost fill like a whole it'll give me like an entire book to read just take all the the punctuation out make <laughs> me read yeah. like Moby Dick or something. Yeah, that's true. We can give them like instead like a minute, a minute and a half of of line such. So, <laughs> you shut up. This was your idea, Zero. Hey, uh, so I, I I would love to have you back for something. I don't even care what it is. At some point on the show, I'd love to have you guest for something. So, if you could think of something that you'd like to guest for that you think is important for people to know, I I'd love to have you. Yeah, sure. So, yep. So, Silver, you want to stay but, uh, on with us while we uh, finish out the rest of the show with Mike and Melissa? Yeah, we got about three minutes, so we got we got yeah. to thank him and sign out here. Yeah, oh, yeah you know yeah, what? Thank you, sir. Mike and Melissa, we will be putting up all the links that we talked about tonight. We'll be um, putting up the for the dojos and um, for Girl Army on our Facebook page. So, if anybody, um, you, you know, when they yeah, when they archive this, they'll 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 see all that. Uh, if they, if they didn't get to listen to it tonight, they can listen to it at any time at their leisure. Thank so, you. Thank yeah. you so much, and thank you, yeah, for inviting us. And we're we're low batteries, so j- uh, in case we cut off. No yeah, it was worries. great to have you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, you gave yeah, us a you. lot. 
And I got to tell you, your voices are so relaxing. They made me just kind of want to go. No, seriously, the whole thing about the tone. Thank you, know, you so I can much. Like, it's right back at you. Yeah. It was great to yeah. chat with y'all, you know, and share this conversation with y'all. Yeah, we're going to bring you back. Trust me. You'll go, wow, they're calling us back again. Yes, we are. We're going to bring you back yeah. on here. Yeah. So thank you um, to everyone who listened. What's yep. that, Zero? Thank you again. I was I was gonna say it's an important topic. I'm sure we can cover different angles, different facets of it again. It's, oh, it's dude, very good to know. No, we are. <laughs> um, but um before let's see, we're down to two minutes. So um next uh so we're moving our show to Sunday, everybody. Yep. We're not gonna do we're gonna make it easier for you, so it's not on so late, it's on six o'clock now Pacific time, uh nine o'clock Eastern time on Sunday, starting with this Sunday. Yep. And our guest this Sunday will be a uh, psychologist, scientist, and um, just a journalist extraordinaire, Andrea Kazuski. Yeah, um, and the topic is going to be um, ex-altruism. Um, extreme the, altruism. Ex- yeah, extreme altruism. The thing that, that uh, actually myself and Nightbug grabbed her... Uh, or, uh, that word and uh, turned it into exalt, of course, that everybody knows about. Um, if you don't know what that is, then you should probably tune in next time. No, I'm just kidding. If you don't know what that is, it's uh, exaltruist is on the opposite end of the spectrum from a sociopath, which shares a lot of the same traits, but is less self-serving and uh, more selfless. Um, it's a personality type. It's uh, something that we coined to kind of make a window into their all-such community. People didn't want to be called really as superheroes. But uh, I'd like to get a lot more into that because uh, she's very, very knowledgeable. And uh, I just, you know, again, one of our good friends. Yeah, that one we're we're looking forward to. Um, and like I said, 6 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, if you didn't get to hear all of the show, it's archived. All our shows are archived. Check them out at blogtalkradio.com slash tribe talk. Thanks for yeah. joining us. Have a great night, Thank you. Have a good night. You too, and remember everybody, trust yourself.